0: I invite you now to turn your attention with me to the verses that we have just heard uh, read during our worship time. You can uh, meditate upon them or uh, take a look at them in a pew Bible if you would like to, but we just heard them read from uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and following. And as we turn there and consider our Savior, consider this blessed one, Jesus, who has come into the world to be for us life and joy and salvation, redemption that we need. Let's pray together as we turn to God's Word now. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we just thank You again. We thank You that we have such a wonderful reason to sing, to ring bells, to gather together tonight. And that is our Savior come into the world Lift us up, lift our attentions, our thoughts, our minds, our wills to see and know more and savor more of this blessed one, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us in that way now as we look at your word, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. In C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia series, the final book, The Last Battle. Aslan, referring to Aslan, the, light, the Lion Christ figure who came forth in the land of Narnia in that particular book from a stable. We, we, we got to run away here. We got to run away. <laughs> She's coming out. She, somebody wants to ring the bells. I don't blame her. That Lion Christ figure who had been in that last book in a stable, this dialogue transpired between some of the characters in the book. It seems then, said Tyrion, smiling to himself, that the stable seen from within and the stable seen from without are two different places. Yes," said the lord Digory, "it's inside is bigger than its outside." Queen Lucy, who as you recall came from our real world into that world of Narnia, said this. In our world too, a stable once had something inside that was bigger ...than our whole world. Indeed, as we gather tonight and think about the Lord Jesus come into the world, we meditate, we give our attention rightly to one who has come, this Jesus whose love is bigger than the needs of all of the world. And so we're rightly invited to treasure Him... To value him above all other things. Our verses tonight from Luke reminded us of this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Familiar verses for many of us, perhaps a little bit too familiar. We need a fresh work of the Lord's Spirit tonight to look upon his word. In Luke chapter 2, it says, And the angel said to them, These shepherds, fear not. Fear not. That's the beginning of the message of the angels. And, of course, part of that is because of the nature of the power and glory of God that's displayed in these angels who came. But part of it is directly related to what Jesus means and what Jesus can mean in our lives. That as He comes into the world, we don't need to have any more fear. No more fear about judgment for our thoughts, our actions, our thoughts, our actions, our doings that turn away from the living God. No more need to have fear of the dark things in our own lives or the dark things in our world. No more need even to have fear that would overwhelm us of death or even of failure or of the struggles we're facing in our relationships, in our marriage, and other relationships, or making ends meet, Jesus comes in to wipe away fear that drives so much of our struggles in life. So the angels come, and they declare, fear not. Well, Well, why? And how does that happen? Verse 10 continues in Luke chapter 2. Behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Three things there. It's really good news. It, it makes absolute sense for us to get excited about this time, this season, this day we celebrate tomorrow. Jesus coming into the world because it's good news. Just Not just of helpful news or good thoughts for decent living, but it's life-transforming news about a relationship with God that we can have through Jesus Christ. So it's good news, it says, of great joy. You know, someone mentioned to me today, just even going around to the grocery stores the last few days, I know it can be a stressful time, but a, a lot of folks are, are excited. They, we kind of greet one another with a little more exuberance. You might even run into a stranger in the store and you, you wave to them, say Merry Christmas to them. It's fitting that we're like that because we have great joy in our Savior. Good news of great joy, that'll be for who? Just for the poor? Just for the rich? <laughs> Just for the young, just for the old, just for people from this country, just for people from that location. Good news for all people. Good news for all people, it tells us here. And then it adds a sort of icing on the cake, if you will, the birthday cake for Jesus, we might call it. In verse 11, when they declare unto you is born this day in the city of David. Three things a Savior, a Redeemer, a Rescuer, a Deliverer, someone that comes and saves us, who is Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the Lord, our rightful Master, our rightful leader and ruler who we submit to for good reason. All this is wrapped up in this Christmas message And it reminds us here that we have, as we gather, not some myth that we just enjoy as a culture, but we have true truth. We have the truest and most meaningful story of all time that we meditate upon tonight. And certainly we hope tomorrow as well. Reminds me of another tale from a British author, the Lord of the Rings Series in the Two Towers movie version, anyway. Samwise Gamgee, if you remember, and Frodo Baggins are making their way on this monumental mission to take that ring of evil and darkness and to see it destroyed. And the ring is not only tearing apart that world of theirs in Middle-earth, it's tearing apart their fellowship of people who are traveling together. Now the two of them are just on their own, and it's beginning to even tear at each of them and tear them apart from one another. And Samwise Gamgee says these words to Frodo at a particular point of uncertainty and darkness. perhaps some here tonight, even as we gather in this time and season of much joy, are wrestling with some darkness in our own lives. Certainly we live in a dark world. Sam Wise said this. He says, it's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really matter. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad has happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. And day will come, and when sun shines, it will shine out clearer. Those are the stories that stay with you, even if you were too small. To understand why. Indeed, I hope we realize, each one of us here tonight, that as we think about Christ, as we read some of the passages we've heard read tonight, that we are giving our attention to the greatest reality, the greatest true story ever known to us. Do you see that tonight? Would you join with me in believing that tonight? Because it will transform our lives if we do. Indeed, it's not just a story that we hear. You remember I mentioned earlier that we have in Jesus the love that all the world needs. But that's not the end game. We're called to respond to it. It's meant to impact and change our lives. If you look again at Luke Or consider these verses with me, Luke chapter 2. Again, probably familiar to a number of us, verse 18 through 20. Listen to how the people responded who encountered this little child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, it says, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This message, this good news of great joy for all people calls for us to respond to it. To respond by putting our faith in it. Perhaps some of us here tonight, God is bringing even this Christmas season to understand at a deeper level, in an eternally saving way, the realities of Christmas for the first time. The Bible gives us a basic framework for what it looks like to enter in and, and to know that salvation in, in a personal and a life-changing way. It tells us a couple of things. One, that we are needing to come to a place of acknowledging that we have a need because we've fallen short, because we've turned away from God, that we have a need for this Savior, for one who would come, who would be fully God and therefore infinitely valuable and also fully man and therefore able to pay pound for pound for you and me for our sins. So we're called to acknowledge that, called to recognize, the Scriptures tell us, that Christ has met that need, that He is the one. He's the Savior, as we just read. He's the Christ. He's our Lord. And then lastly, as we acknowledge it, that by faith and repentance, by faith and repentance, we personally embrace that message. It means we, in our hearts and in our lives, trust in it. Devote our lives to Christ, knowing that He's done for us what we could never do to ourselves. And as we do that, We desire, it won't be perfect for us, it's certainly not perfect for me in my walk with the Lord, but we desire to repent, to turn from the things of this world that lead us away from our Savior and Lord. That's the message of Christmas, that's the message of this Savior come into the the world, and I hope it is a refreshing one, I hope it's good news for us tonight that brings us even in tough places in our lives, even as we see our own brokenness, to a place of great joy. And truly that it is for all who sit here to enjoy, if we would come and embrace it. The school holiday production at the local elementary school was beginning that evening. The parents came in and gathered in for the presentation, crowding in next to one another, trying to get a sight line on their little ones. The teachers then began to come in and brought the classes in one by one for their part of the performance, the presentation. The parents expected uh, something a bit secularized, uh, maybe happy-go-lucky Christmas message, several of the classes presented and then finally one came up and they were presenting a song called Christmas Love, Christmas Love. The kids came up and had their little Santa hats on and their nice red sweaters and they were all dressed for the occasion. And the song began and as it went along, each child held up a different letter of the song. C is for Christmas. Up went the C. H is for happy. Up went the H. And so along the song went, till it got just past the T. And one little girl, whose job was the M, held that letter up proudly, but didn't realize that she had it upside down. Instead, she was holding up a W. Some of the other children, the older kids and so forth, started to snicker at her a bit. All the parents' hearts kind of sank for the parents of that little one. But she stood there proud with that W up as they finished on through the end of the song, Christmas Love. And as that... Last letter went up. Everybody became silent. Eyes were widened as they look up and saw the letters. Christ was love. Let's pray together. Indeed, Lord God, we praise you tonight. That you have loved us. So much as to go to the great length, the greatest length of sending your most precious son into the world. Oh, Lord, it is so easy for us to just roll along through another Christmas season. Or to maybe think, uh, I should dwell a little bit more upon this, but I've got these things I need to take care of. Oh, Father, help us. Tonight, help us tomorrow, help us in the weeks and months ahead to be those that are captivated by the reality that You loved us so much to send Your Son into the world. That through Your Son, indeed, as the Scriptures say, that all who believe in Him may have everlasting life. Thank You for Your love. Thank you for Christmas love. Thank you that Christ was and is love. Amen.